Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. This is Master Grio Radio, channel 13 on your NBBTA internet radio dial. I'm Jacqueline Taylor Adams, and I am your host for this moment in time. It's time for Purpose Driven Words. Shaping Thoughts, Building Minds, True Wealth, Communities, and Legacies. If my words had wings, they'd fly to you each day. I got a new walk and a new point of view. Come on, hey! 
Welcome. This is the Digital Drummer, and with um, Jim Newson is the founder of the Digital Drummer, and he is the Digital Drummer. This is Jacqueline Taylor Adams. I am one of the hosts, and we're going to bring on our new co-host, which is Bonnie Sandy, Tech Advocate, and we have a special show today, Women in Tech Rule. That's right, Women in Tech Rule, who rules the world? (laughs) So we have a dynamic discussion today among dynamic women in technology. So right after our little short intro from Jim, we're going to bring Bonnie on, and we're going to start our discussion. Well, they call me the digital drummer because I pass messages of interest and concern from one website to another, like the drummers of old. So hello, Bonnie. Hi, how are you? How are you? <laughs> and hello to everyone else. Great, great. I'm definitely looking forward to speaking to everyone. Great. So, you know, since we're starting off with you, Bonnie, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, who you are, and then we will bring everyone else on so you, you can introduce, they can, um, you can begin speaking with them. <laughs> okay. Um, for those who are not familiar with me, I'm Bonnie Sandy. I call myself, I, my definition, we have so many different titles today because everything is Converging. I call myself and define myself as a creative industrialist and tech advocate. My vision, my purpose, my mission surrounds the use of technology in the creation of independent businesses locally and globally by creatives. So that will mean fashion, arts, uh, music, entertainment, uh, authors. I speak specifically to their needs, especially on a cultural um, slant, because it started, I guess, a couple of years ago. I am a product of a programmer and a fashion designer. So I have spoken tech very early on. I am certified in COBOL, um, as well as being a trained uh, fashion designer. But I've discovered that women were really reticent, and particularly black women, in entering technology. And that's why I agreed to co-host, because for me, the women carry the future. They're the parents. And many of them are not giving their kids the leg up needed to leverage a unique position we are in where everyone is entering at the same point because they they themselves are afraid of technology. Many creative businesses are not using technology to the best means or to the best level. I'm in New York, you're in Philly, Cairo is in Atlanta, yet we can have a discussion on a a radio show on a global platform. So we have the power to reach and assist so many people in the world around the globe if we just tap into this technology and if we use it. Right. Okay. All right. That really sounds good. So we all got a little understanding. And Bonnie, where are you from? 
What part of the world do, a, are you hailing from? I am Trinita Devon. I'm a proud Trinidadian. Um, I migrated here to study, and I, I really have to say I'm just finishing up my studies, um, but I am a fashion designer practicing in New York. I'm from Trinidad, Western, the Caribbean. Okay. All righty. So caller from the 678, introduce yourself. Good evening, everyone. This is Cairo Queen. How you doing? Hi, Cairo. Hi, Cairo. <laughs> All righty. I am uh, spectacular as usual. Cairo, <laughs> <laughs> can you introduce yourself? We're on with you. Introduce yourself. Cairo Queen, tech socialite in Atlanta, Georgia. All right. All the way from down south. And what does the tech? <laughs> Socialite, and tell us a little about yourself and what you so do. So I, I conceptualize this tech socialite conversation because of the background that I did have in technology, working at Nokia, AT&T, Singular, all those different companies in the wired space, and then left that, and I went into entertainment for like five years. And I went there because I realized that a lot of people didn't actually know anything about marketing themselves and social media. So I'd utilize social media to help a lot of people in entertainment and businesses to market themselves via the social media platform. Um, I got kind of frustrated with the whole entertainment space because it was just annoying to me after a while. But <laughs> I went back and I said, okay, well, if I could do this in this dynamic, I could do it just with business. So I did that for a while, and I just said, well, I just focus specifically on technology. And I realized more so my whole issue was that more people just need to focus on technology. So I just decided to talk to me to people, and the more I talked, the more people real I realized that people are not engaged in technology in a space of where they comprehend it. So I said, okay, well, maybe I can act as the bridge. So I'll be a tech socialite where I can talk about technology from a comprehensive space, but the other side, I could talk from a space where I kind of sound like I'm not talking over the heads of people. So a lot of times people say, well, you know, I heard what you said, but I didn't really get it. So I had to kind of, and I don't like to use the term dumb down, but that is the conversation, but I had to bring it to a space where everyday people actually have the ability to comprehend it. And so I came up with the show, Cairo Queen Taste of Technology, after, of course, doing a series of shows with the the Urban uh, uh, Tech Fair platform, and then I just said, okay, well, Cairo Queen's Taste of Technology will make technology palatable for everyday people, kind of like when you pull up to a table and you have dinner or you you start with an appetizer, you get a sample of this and a sample of that. I sample everything from nanotech down to blogging. We talk about absolutely everything in technology. And yes, you do. <laughs> Welcome, Cairo. <laughs> and, and I believe, is the third person already on? Um, we have a caller from the 310. Hello, caller from the 310. Did you want to speak? Okay, we did have another caller from the 301, which is, I think, our other caller, but the call has seemed to drop. So let me just go ahead and speak generally and see if you can get in contact with her. Okay. Um, to, to our listening audience, the space we're discussing this afternoon is women in technology, and one of the first things that I usually try to do is define 
technology because when I, I approach many people and when there are grants, when there are opportunities, there are workshops, classes, and Cairo may be able to attest to this, many people do not see themselves as belonging in technology. And the truth about it is that technology is not just simply the developers. And I'm quoting from the New York Tech economy.com, which was nytecheconomy.com, which did a recent survey, and it defined officially what and who made up the technology. Tech is not a silo that separates from the rest of the economy. Rather, tech is infused throughout the city's diverse economy. The New York City tech ecosystem, and as such, any ecosystem, is made up of three kinds of jobs, each one enabled by or facilitating technology. And those three areas are tech jobs in tech industries, those are computer programmers at Google and those who are involved directly in the creation and development of tech. Non-tech jobs at tech industries, that will be your office staff, your sales staff, your marketing staff, and your PR. And then your tech jobs in non-tech industries. So what we find is that if you're handling the blogging, for your retail store, you are actively involved in the tech industry. If you're the person doing the social media, if you're doing the office work, using Google Docs, using Google Apps, using those office equipment that is technology, you are in the, in the technology field. Uber, a car service technology field. Hairdressers, TAZ.com. Uh, technology field. So whatever field you are in, especially as a female, there are opportunities for you to integrate, for you to adapt, and for you to use. Women like Jacqueline, myself, and Cairo are active leaders, and I, I can attest, whenever I turn up, I started in the New York tech scene as early as 2007, and in 2009, I put together a fashion camp which was the first fashion tech event, actually the second worldwide, the first in the Western Hemisphere, the first was in Italy, but that was a social media camp. Fashion tech was a fashion tech. We dealt with 3D printing. We dealt with open and soft circuitry. We dealt with hardcore technology alongside sewing, draping, and fabrics. And one of the first things, what, what diverted my attention, as I sat in the room, I had pulled this together, was speaking to the other leaders, and, a, and some, a, a gentleman who had come, a number of people had just said to me, how, come, how are you involved with this? And having been in the tech field, I thought they meant, how were you a female? Because Fashion Tech was the first tech conference that was almost 75% female, and at that time, that was unusual. How were you as a woman part of the leading, the leadership of this organization? And I said, well, it, it's fashion. Women love it. The person looked at me and said, he was a brother. No. I mean, how are you a black woman involved in technology? And I had never, I'm from Trinidad, and those who are from Trinidad will understand that I had left Trinidad with female system analysis. My father was a computer programmer, the system analysis analyst in his office was a female. There were computers in my um, high school when I left high school. So that was in the late 1980s. 
So for me, the thought of a female being in tech was not foreign. It was natural. I knew people who did that. But I realized then that I had not integrated. People did not see me. They did not see many blacks in technology. Even now, usually I was one of the few in the room. I just met Jackie and Cairo last year. And we can attest that whenever we enter the space, we're usually one of few. And the ability with technology to reach out and meet Deborah and, and the other Bonnie and people, you know, doing females, doing technology in so many different fields is actually wonderful. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Bonnie, we do have um, from the 310, is this Laverne? You have reached the maximum time permitted for recording your message. If you're satisfied with the message, press 1. To listen to your message, press um, 2. One moment. To erase and... Okay. Okay, I do apologize. I was... I guess I left a, a <laughs> too long of a message. <laughs> Freaking kids are with technology. That's no problem. It's, it's you know... So, so, um, so but, um, no, Laverne what is I on want... the line, Bonnie. Laverne okay, is on the line. Great. Mm-hmm. Laverne? Hi, Laverne. Jackie got caught up by technology. <laughs> <laughs> Laverne, are you on? Call her from 301. Call her from 301. Are you on? You know, I think it's always funny how we put these presentations together about technology and we're always batting for it. It's always supposed to kick us in the leg. <laughs> I have that happen all know. the time. I'm like, oh my gosh. So Kyra, why then why then do you why won't you lead into now explain what is the challenges of of using technology in and adapting and adopting it in what you do? Everything. <laughs> Everything right now. I have this conversation almost every single day. I went to a cybersecurity um, lecture the other day. I was there with InfraGuard. If you don't know what InfraGuard is, InfraGuard is like this huge platform of all these corporate companies that get together and they buy everything that tracks Americans and they sell it to the government and corp- other corporations. So they're talking about how they want to bring in cybersecurity for everyday people because, of course, the nation is under a threat right now because the biggest threat on the face of this planet is cybersecurity um, or, or cyber hacking. And so the cybersecurity platform was to try to figure out how to engage public people. So I'm recording the entire time with my new devices that I got from my cybersecurity company that I'm representing. <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm recording everything. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to take this back, and I'm going to create a new platform and tell people all about it. I'm going to put the video on the Internet. And I talked to the people afterward. Well, they contacted me yesterday, the, the people who held the event, and they were like, well, the FBI told us that you can't air that. Me specifically, because they saw me on the video that they were recording with, and they told them they didn't want to air it on the Internet. I'm in the video recording. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, so if Americans are ever going to get on (laughs) with trying to figure out how to protect themselves from cyber hackers, people have to be informed on what's actually happening. So who else better to have it than the man who used to protect Ronald Reagan and actually 
sits at the foot of the FBI right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm thinking, okay. But there's always a lot of blocking objection, and mainly because we are in a space now where everything is coming out. The stuff that's been suppressed for the last 10 or 15, 20, 40 years is coming out now. They can't hold it back anymore because the rest of the world is releasing it. And because the Internet now has open Internet access to information and everything, they can't suppress information. So our government now who has tried to suppress this stuff from the United States is now having to deal with the fact that they don't have laws in place to stop anything from happening. So everything's but, happening but, now. But, uh, Cairo, it's, it goes beyond just the government. I remember oh, being yeah. dance hacked. It and, and it is some of the things, it is that fear. Because it's not necessarily you're releasing it, but they're not sure what you release. Who are the people there? You're putting other people's faces out in public. One of the things we have done when we I have encountered when dealing with artists is that that idea of copyright ownership. Right. And you know, and where does it go? I mean, a simple I'm in a um in a chat room yesterday on on um digital patterns and realize if you pay ten dollars for a pattern, you can't resell it. You're not you. You have never seen it before. You opened it. You can't return it. I mean, that's a big scam. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> so, a real you know, scam. Yeah, but because of those fears, because the laws are not covered, you know. And I'm actually going to an intellectual property. The government, as you said, they're, they're reaching out. There's an intellectual property symposium, all the symposium for women next Saturday that I'll be attending. And I suddenly realized, yes, I should attend it because these are the issues we have to clarify. If I buy a digital pattern for you, I can't give you that pattern as a gift? (laughs) No, this blocks trade. And and these are issues the average woman wouldn't think of. She'd just do it and find herself with a lawsuit. Exactly. I mean, we're... Okay. Jackie? Well, we're we're in this space where, I mean, and and I mean, I'm going to the I'm on not to brag, but I'm being honored by the state of Georgia under Senator Donzella James. Oh, girl, you brag. For, <laughs> <laughs> for my you brag. For people it's tough enough without that. <laughs> but the, we were talking the other day about her platform is environmental, human trafficking, and technology, and so. I was talking about how body parts, of course, are going to fall under this space of of technology because, of course, companies are going to be utilizing technology to create arteries, you know, to be created body parts. And so they're going to have code numbers on them. You're going to have serial numbers attached to body parts. And so there was a movie that came out a long time ago, not that long ago, five, under five years ago, and it was called Repo Man. And this was about this this very scenario where they had created these body parts and some body parts were sold on the black market but others were created. So now Hmm. the company actually owns them because they produce the body part. So when it's in your body part and you're not paying your insurance anymore, guess what happens? Mm -hmm. 
they come back to recode the body part. So now I'm looking like, okay, this is actually a thing now because now you have this huge human trafficking platform, especially here in Atlanta. We're the hub, the human capital for the human uh, traffic capital. So on this platform now, you got body parts, not just sex trade, but they're literally trading people's body parts on the open and the black market. So you're in this space now where you're trying to have a conversation about what will happen merging all these platforms together. And people are like, you know, that's going to happen in the future. I'm like, baby, that's happening now. <laughs> that is happening right now underneath your nose and right here in this very city. It's a problem. So, so how, I, do we, how do we um, Excuse me, ladies. Excuse me. Um, I think we may have Laverne on. Laverne? Okay, great. Oh, you're fine. Laverne? Yes, I'm here. Sorry. Okay. Hi. Hello. Hi Sorry about that. Hello. Thank you. Hello, Laverne. Yes. Can you introduce yourself and introduce and tell us a little about what you do? Oh, most definitely. Well, my name is Laverne Franklin Jones, and I am a consultant in, uh, with Booz Allen Hamilton. Um, my background is information and financial information systems. Um, I've been in this industry for about oh, over 20 years now, and my my background is primarily with uh, federal clients. And what has your experience been uh, since you spanned 20 years? Can you mm-hmm. tell us a little as a female, how has it changed? Um, that's a good question. Um, cause I, I have let's see over the years I would say how let's see how has it changed. My responsibilities have changed. Um, so one thing I have found is I've had a lot of good mentors in terms of men and women, and I think over the years I've gotten a lot of good advice and seen some had some good examples of people who have uh, done well with management and done well with technology. Um, one of the pieces of advice that I had early on was to always keep your, keep yourself current and knowing what's going on because you know we can get t- you know, tied up with what we've been doing and um, get used to it and everything. But just always keeping current in technology. And one thing that I do find with um, the company that I'm working with now is that they do embrace a lot of different types of technology and they provide opportunities for you to engage in the areas that are of interest to you. Um, And I really enjoy that. I just find myself, I'm always looking to meet with other people who have doing different areas in technology uh, just so that I can know what's going on and I can relate. So we're three distinct, and Jackie's also in tech. Um, She, you know, she's, moderating and the back end. So, but yeah. we're in three distinct areas, but we're in technology. So I'm going to ask, because one of the things I, when I was thinking about moderating, what can we achieve in an hour? There's just so much. One of the things I'd like to see at the end is some directive as to how to get more women involved in tech, and in particular, the young girls. Mm. And the reason for this is because I have this, my cousin's kids, the second generation. They're native to technology, mm-hmm. but parents are not. There's a lot of fear, 
and you will find, particularly in our communities, kids don't have their own laptops. They have their own phones, but not their own laptops. They're given one or two hours on a laptop because of fears of what they will encounter, and they're justified fears because these kids will test you. So if we are to be competitive as the next generation of women in particular, what needs to change and what direction I'm asking this of each person, including Jackie, how do we do it from a corporate level, a community level, and a family level? And as women, how do we men, you know, encourage and mentor other women knowing these things? Uh, Kyra, we can start with you. I'm here. I just pressed mute. Um, I'm a motor mouth. Um, <laughs> well, I think I like to quote Cynthia on this conversation. Cynthia Frazier, Cynthia Renee Frazier out in California. Um, Cynthia always says, jump right in, the water's just fine. I think our our main issue, especially as people of color, is not just doing something. We have a tendency to wait till something is perfect or wait until it gets to a space where we like to see it at. And I'm a person that believes in action. If we don't take action and move forward and do something, it's just going to sit there and wait for us to come. And we'll be sitting there waiting while the whole rest of the world is passing us by. In the space that we're in, technology applies to absolutely everything, everything, everything. I mean, things that you wouldn't even think there's a way for technology or for you to be inserted in the technology space. Um, The definition of technology, according to Google, (laughs) is the application of scientific knowledge for practical purposes, especially in industry. Number two, machinery and equipment developed from the application of scientific knowledge. Number three, the branch of knowledge dealing with engineering or applied sciences. Two things prevalent science and knowledge. So if you have a knowledge of absolutely anything, it can be applied to technology. For example, I'm a tech socialite. I came into the concept of having a love or an affinity as a novice for technology. So I said, okay, what are two things I love to do? I love to talk, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so I like to talk about technology, and I love to research things about technology. I am a junkie on learning about anything that has to do with technology in spaces of phenomenon. So I love to talk about robotics. I like nanotech. I like things like maglev technology. I like to talk about things like uh, uh, body parts being constructed by technology. You know, <laughs> I enjoy that stuff. There are people who like to talk about software. People love to talk about coding. The conversation for me is just start talking about it. If you're in a space where your kids are smarter than you in technology, I have that now where I work in a um, a program called 100 Scholars Robotics Alliance, and I'm a mentor in that program under 100 Black Men of Atlanta. These children are way smarter than all of us, <laughs> okay? All they do is sit down and read the books, and they build the robots by themselves. We're there for guidance. I've learned from them. We have a young man named uh, Nick Bedelia. Nick Bedelia has actually met the President of the United States. He was just on uh, We the Geeks for the United States uh, uh, platform for technology online with Lonnie Johnson, who is a scientific engineer, these people are geniuses. You know, this kid, he actually, child, student, he actually produces his own virtual platform to teach other people how to use technology. He's only 16. 
genius, really laid back, very intelligent. His mother is an engineer and his father, mother is a chemist, excuse me, and his father's an engineer. So you can, you can be in a space where if you're open to it, you can learn from children. They don't mind mm-hmm. teaching you because they understand that we don't get it. They even laugh at us like I was telling them. I said, well, I put the Facebook page up for the for the robotics team. He said, we don't, why, why don't you even use Facebook? Why don't you put it on Vine? <laughs> I was like, and I thought about it. I said, you're right. Millennial generations do not use Facebook. So if you're trying to get to the Facebook, uh, to the millennial generation, that's not the space to put it in. And so if you get in a space and you feel like you're absent of information, I honestly can tell you to ask your children because they know. They know, and they've been prepared by the Disney Channel. Disney Channel has everything about technology going on. They have different shows about robotics and and quantum leaping and all sorts of different things. If you watch it with them, you'll learn something. I'm telling you this because that's how I learned. You can sit up and literally watch TV and catch on. You can read books. You can go to the library. You can watch Doctor Who. You can do all of that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's out there if you want to get to it. All you have to do is go find it. It is that simple. It is everywhere, and nobody is stopping you from getting it because it's free to gain. You can go on. I'll give you a website where you can go learn about it for free, Cyberary like library, but cyber library, cyberary.it. You can go on codeacademy.org. You can go to, I'm sorry, codeacademy.com. You can go to code.org. You can go to all sorts of different websites and find out whatever it is you want to find out. There's one I don't like to say in public, but if you ever ask me, I'll send it to you in an email. But it's one that actually I got that from Jim Newsom, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Jim Newsom showed me. <laughs> Show me the website that has absolutely everything about technology. If you want to read up on how to build anything the hard way, that's how you go read up and find out about it. It'll tell you this is the hard way to do it, but it's there. Everything is on the Internet. There is absolutely nothing that you cannot find on the Internet unless it's top secret, and you could probably still find it if you can crack a code. <laughs> Jackie? Can Jackie talk? Yes, I'm sorry. No, I just had myself (laughs) muted out. (laughs) So um, where's everyone, um, including you, Laverne, let's start Mm -hmm. with you. Um, Your area of specialty, could you just explain that technology? Mm -hmm. Because everyone may or may not, you know, know and understand. No problem. Well, my area of specialty um, is financial management systems. What I, I, well, let me start by saying, I graduated from Carnegie Mellon, and my degree was in information and decision systems. So I had spent a lot of time, you know, doing coding and programming and um, trying to relate business to um, technology and and developing systems. And that's exactly what I ended up doing um, when I started working. And what I primarily do is I design financial systems um, for different government agencies. So when we're working to you know do something with um, Medicare or managing Medicare systems or we're looking to do payroll systems or um, just anything that has to do with managing the finances, that's where I come in and I help design those systems. And what happens is I use a variety of different technologies to do so. Um, when I first started, I was doing coding in like COBOL and C and 
Fortran and all of those early languages. And what I've been doing more so in my later part of the career is dealing with enterprise uh, ERP systems, enterprise resource um, programming, or um, but basically dealing with different software solutions like Oracle and PeopleSoft and different things like that. So I deal with financial software. Does that help? How, may I ask you, how, uh, sure. how many young women are entering your field and what advice would you give to someone who is interested today? That's a great question um, because a lot of times when I'm doing interviewing and different things, I am meeting a lot of um, young ladies who have an interest in science or problem solving. I, that's kind of where I started is I really just like solving, doing things that solve problems. And I think that's kind of where I liked the programming side of things. And I am meeting a lot of young ladies through, um, like I said, through the interviewing and through different organizations that I may belong to who have a similar interest. Um, and it's, it's I want to say it's growing, but it's interesting when I look at the male-female kind of ratio. I was actually thinking about this the other day when I was in a meeting with, um, you know, I was in this meeting and Usually there's a lot of women in the management side, but I happened to be in this meeting and I looked around and there were only two of us, two women in this room with about about 15, 20 men. And I realized it's like even though we've come a long way, I still find it strange when I'm in this situation because I'm also in some situations where there may be out of 10, there might be eight women um, on the management side. But I think that when I look at management versus the technology, I see a very, I still see a disparity in the number of women who are participating. I think we tend to go towards the management versus the technology. I see a lot of women do coming coming in when I'm doing the interviewing, like I said, um, just really smart young ladies coming right out of school and who have such a drive for a variety of technologies in terms of like I've met women who are interested in medical, you know, applying medical science to um, um, data analytics type things that we're doing at, at, at Booz Allen. It's just, I guess to answer your question, I see a lot more women, but I still see a disparity. <laughs> so what would, in, have you thought about it? What would strengthen their interest? At which point do we need to introduce them? Because I think one of the challenges I've seen when I've asked my young female cousins, brilliant at math, love math, mm-hmm. but her guidance counselor suggested mm. she simply do, um, you know, something that was not even valid anymore because the guidance counselors don't know about the yeah, opportunities. That's so, where I so think how do we bridge getting... that gap? I, I'm one of the things I think about more often is being a mentor um, and being more of a guide to the young ladies. I, we have different opportunities within um, my company to engage with science, technology, and math and mentoring and tutoring young women, um, different programs like the Girl Scout or just um, just being a mentor for someone in middle school or high school. Um, and I think if we get more engaged in things like that, then we can start encouraging women at the younger ages and showing them this is what they can do. Um, 
I think that that helps. I know I've seen it with, for example, with some of the young ladies at my church. We have small, we have programs where we have um, an IT ministry at our church, and I have seen some of those young ladies coming in, you know, with asking questions. And, you know, one of the things that come in is that they want to know more about, you know, what we're doing, you know, in terms of what we what what path we've taken with our career and where they can go. So I just say it's, it's important, I think, to engage with young ladies in the mentoring, a, a mentoring side and being examples and letting them see what we can do and just working side by side with them. One of the things you mentioned being, and I've experienced it being, one of two women in a room of 15, 20 men. And one of Mm -hmm. the things that some women have said is that their preconceived notions about what the experience of being a woman in tech is. For many women, they're afraid of being typecast as a geek, not being seen as a woman, Um, you know, and, and things that may seem trivial, but to some women who already find the workplace a bit challenging to navigate is not a draw. And so um, first Cairo and then Laverne, um, can you each tell me what is your experience as a holistic point of view as tech for technology? And I know we're passionate about it, but I have mm-hmm. to admit that if I'm in technology, chances of meeting people, you know, who you find that you socialize with, past being at a technology table are rare. At least that has been my experience. You're you really become intimate with people in terms of passionately being involved with the technology you're speaking about at this moment. But consciously evolving relationships and building the things that other industries have, what has been your both your individual experiences? Um, I can honestly say that I, and even with the cybersecurity event I went to, I was the only African American woman, African American mm-hmm. person that was there. Period, or a person of any color <laughs> that was there mm-hmm. at all. Um, wow. And so it, I mean, the entire event. Um, and and I go in like we go to all sorts of networking events all the time that are tech centered, and I've noticed that we have a lot, and we're here in Atlanta, of course. We have a fifty nine percent population of African Americans. So we have a large population as opposed to a lot of cities. But um, we started having a lot more people rise up, like our BDPA, our technologists of color, um, our black engineers. They're starting to do a lot more to create a space for African Americans. Now, us being in technology, of course, we have WIT, the Women in Technology Organization. However, Mm -hmm. that doesn't actually come across to everyday people. And so when you're talking to women who are in the space of, of technology or wanting to be in technology, that's the conversation, you know, you know, that's for you. I'm not really into that or that's boring. And so I think to to address the need for women, we have to engage women in the space they understand. So if you look and you think about, you know, men are, are people who are essentially people who work with their hands. We often happen to be detail-oriented, which is why we find that space in managerial uh, position so comforting because mm-hmm. women manage houses, they manage budgets. You know, this is what women do. So when you come into this space of now saying, okay, where do we apply that dynamic in this tech space? 
you know, can can we take the managerial aspect and now apply it to the actual robot? Can you apply it to that software program? How do we put you in the mindset to make this sexy for you? And so what it has to be is it has to be a collective movement of women showing up because what I definitely know about all people in technology is they happen to be people who are very, I would say extrovert. They're very... Is that the right one? With the people who are shy, who tend to be tend to shy, tend to be, introverts. Okay. So they they happen to be introverts who are who you know they they create things and and then of course you have the issue with trying to protect your 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 project all the time and so people don't happen to be publicly sharing a lot. And if you understand that this is, the, you know, the words that come out of people's mouths are the way things think. And so people have to get on more platforms and talk about technology because a lot of times people, I even got on an interview the other day and I told a lady I talk about technology. She said, well, can we talk about social media? I was like, that's not really what I want to talk about. But she literally kept me in that box. And I said, well, okay. I took her while I was on the call. I said, okay, well, I can start with social media. So I started there. And I went a whole nother space. And she was like, wow, you just blew my mind. And I was like, well, that was, that's why I want to come in this space and talk to you about the other things that are available. Because we can get in nanotech. You know, you can start to talk about medicine and you can talk about fashion when you talk about na- nanotech. Nanotech opens up a whole nother gateway for everything in technology. But we don't talk about that. We talk about coding. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, you know, we were talking about coding, and then when we think about the image of a technology person, who is in technology? Well, we've always orchestrated it with a geek, and now the geek thing is cool, but people don't want to be seen as geeky because geekies are, geeky people are odd people to the mainstream population. So now you've got to take the concept of technology and make it sexy. You know, who's doing it? I like the brand brothers because when I look at the brothers, you know, and I say, okay, well, they put Terrence Howard on Empire because women find him attractive. He's a great actor. So I can turn around and take somebody like Juarez Jackson, who's my co-host. He's a father figure. He's handsome. He's very well-spoken. He's a rocket scientist and put him on as a co-host. And it made people pay attention. People said, who's that? (laughs) I had several people ask me, make it sexy. So now we take people who are in this space. We take Jacqueline. We take Bonnie. We're all completely out of the box from the space of what you would see in a technology surrounding. Me and my my blonde ponytails, you know. (laughs) Before we... Laverne, would you, um, sorry to cut you, Kyra, but Laverne, can you give us your take on it? Well, it's interesting. I I've never really thought of myself as a, a geeky type, even though I know that I was like a bookworm or I was that introvert person who kind of absorbed themselves into, um, you know, the into books and you know, my computer. I love doing solving number, solving problems and things like that. But I think the comes to mind to me is that we have to stretch ourselves. We have to realize that we are a little different, and that's okay, and that we have to overcome um, that introvert feeling sometimes just because we need to be heard and we need to be seen, and we need to show people, like, like, you, like we were saying, that there is a sexy side to it. You know, we can solve problems and we can do all of these things, but we can apply it to everyday, every, 
apply it to our everyday world. And it's like, like you said, it's, it applies to fashion. It applies to cooking. It, it applies to um, business. It applies to so many things that we are doing, and we have to show people that interesting side of things, and we have to stretch ourselves and, and get out, outside the box a little bit. One of the things I found... build the world. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it is true, but one of the things I've found is that engineers often set themselves apart from the world. I yeah. am fortunate, being in fashion, that I have the unique ability to use fashion as a gateway to technology. Mm-hmm. But what I've found is that most of the technology is not available directly within urban spaces. Harlem in New York is doing much better, um, but if you were to get women involved in technology, those spaces have to be convenient to transportation because she's a female and leaving a space at 10 o'clock at night when she has to stand on an empty platform for an mm-hmm. hour or two to get a transport is not really, it doesn't help. She also happens to be a mother, so the timing of many of these tech events is not conducive to bringing women into the field. So actually I'm negotiating with the Space for Youth in Brooklyn to start a Sunday fashion roundtable event, but it's a lab that's going to bring in businesses, teach them technology, put them online, put them on the Mm. ear, using fashion, but also we're in the heart of Brooklyn, a heart of an urban area. And so what I usually do is bring my tech friends. I brought um, the 3D printing company down to Brooklyn. Bring the 3D scanning company. Bring um, the those who are doing the robotics and, and, and those who are building, you know, the flying and dealing, dealing with the haptics and, all, all, and the drones into the communities so that the kids can see them, so that they can see people who look like them. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That and I and you're right. I have said that to men. Is the we have some good-looking men in tech, mm-hmm. but they're not visible. You're and I have found good-looking men. <laughs> yeah. Now, as you're talking, I'm thinking you are so right. And the thing is, it's just we need to. The idea of taking things to people is so important, and where they are. Because, like you said, people—you have to make it convenient for people. And what you described came, what came to mind is, I have a, a, a friend. She has an IT business, and what her one of the things that she's been doing is, she has um, gotten grants for laptops, and she's been taking the computers to people so that she can teach the classes, making it more portable, so that she can teach them how to use some of the basics, you know, with Microsoft Word or how to Mm -hmm. use the Internet or different things like that. And I think more of that is needed so that it's a matter of of being a little more innovative and how can we take the technology into the neighborhood so people can use it and making it more convenient, like you said. That's where I am right now, and that's literally why I have to get off the phone in a moment because I'm meeting with uh, one of my uh, engineers from Lockheed Martin on a project that we're working on with the state right now for a tech hub because my thing was when I go to tech hubs around here, they're really co-working spaces. They're not really tech hubs. Mm-hmm. So my thought was mm-hmm. to bring technology to a tech hub. And luckily we have a space that's open to our access that's in the urban community 
and they don't even have these down there. So this is perfect. And oh, wow. I, I just said, let's bring all technology to people because there are things that I know about and that I know people who can actually put together programs and bring them down here who have programs up north, but they don't have them down in our, our community. They don't have them where it's tangible to people who go home, you know what I mean, not people who are in tech spaces, stay in tech hubs that are entrepreneurs, but people who don't know anything about technology. We have a really high unemployment rate here, and I'm like, let's attack the, the the issue, which is bringing people up to speed with where the future is actually headed. So if you're going to come in, let's talk about virtual technology. Let's talk about uh, augmented reality. Let's augment our state. You know what I mean? Let's turn around yeah. and let's, let's, let's take robotics and bring it to people who yeah. don't have access to that. You know, not just talking about coding. Let's talk about everything. You know, let's coding show is them soft entry how they can actually use this stuff mm-hmm. in life. Right. Yeah, in two thousand and six I ran an incubator program at uh, it was a craft based incubator program. And I added a uh, a course program part of it and spoke on digital printing on fabrics and showed them how it was possible to print on fabrics from a home computer. Well one of the attendees her eyes lit up. She went home she printed, she had been trying to get textiles done so she can show the samples. She scaled her samples, printed her um, fabrics, and made miniature beds of the samples so she can take to a, a trade show and ended up getting orders from others to create these for her because they were cost-effective display. Now, this is a housewife with no technology training. Wow. You know, once you can put it in the hands and make it tangible, mm-hmm. have them build. I have a program I call Do It With Tech. The challenge is, though, is to get them, and it's becoming worse because of social media. Everybody is now a coach and an expert. Oh, my God. And because <laughs> of <laughs> yeah. And because of that, there is something that is scaring me. Well, people are not getting the education they need to make them competitive. And that's because the people who are qualified and are on these channels and are not speaking up. Mm. So they don't really know what a real tech socialite, what somebody, I mean, Kyra and I can speak about haptics. We can speak about everything and carry on a conversation. But there will come in someone who says, I build websites for the X, Y, or Z, and I'm, oh, for Facebook, and I'm, on the tread, and I'm thinking, I think I know the few black people who work at Facebook. <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. what you're showing me from your website, you have nothing of this, but nobody knows and nobody can check you. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the danger and 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 the sort of scams that are evolving, and how mm. can we, you know. Because it eventually turns back to this doesn't work. So have you encountered them? Have you encountered, you know, is that a part of your digital experience as a female? My, I have a fear of the STEM program, and I'm going to tell you why. STEM money is out there for absolutely anybody to go grab if they say I have a STEM platform. Amen. 
and everybody is using it. And I have seen so many people. I had somebody contact me this week talking about, oh, we got, in fact, I have one every week now, and I'm thinking about it. I had somebody contact me this week saying, we have a STEM platform. You can come and utilize our STEM. I'm like, what are you doing your platform? Oh, we're still working that out. I had somebody literally hold me for four hours for a meeting last week because they wanted me to come work in their STEM platform. And I said, okay, so I'm sitting there waiting for them to tell me what they do in STEM, and it didn't have anything to do with STEM. Oh, and I was no. like, but you have oh, a STEM. It's bad. You're getting money for STEM. And I'm like, you're oh, not so kids. <laughs> but, but here's wow. the thing. That same thing happened. Google has one of the best STEM programs. And I was calling yes. in an organization to build and gave them, and I realized up front they had nothing to do with STEM, but there was money, so these nonprofits saw a way to get money. And I laid out, gave them the information of where they can go, a couple of groups that can help them with STEM, and then found out and was told we're not dealing with Google. because, And the reasons they gave were part of the mis information that's circulating about, you know, what they're doing. And, and I said, wait a second, you're leading our youth in technology and you don't have your information, correct? Mm. I, do, I have not met, other than black girls who code and one or two other programs, the majority of these 10 programs are simply taking money and not doing anything with it. But then it's, not, it's also not their fault. They cannot connect with people who they don't know who to go to to develop their STEM program. Wow. But they know who to go to to get the grants. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fortunately, I haven't, had, I haven't encountered some of the um, examples that you provided, um, not, not yet at least, um, because I, I am involved with one organization um, called EduCirc, in the Washington, D.C. area that does work with STEM STEM programs. They actually go into schools and they work with the robotics and they work with um, – robotics is probably the biggest one because I watch, watch the kids, you know, building the robots and doing the television pieces of it and t- tying it all to the computers. And they just they, – they kind of blow my mind when, they're, when they bring the kids in and they do the programs um, in EduCirc. Um, but it is very – saddening for me to hear what you're saying in terms of that people are not really understanding what they're what they're doing with STEM and with technology. Um, all I can think of is that it's a matter of staying connected and partnering with those organizations that are doing something right and trying to get the word out to others to participate. I think also it's an urban problem. As you mentioned that you were calling from Washington. Washington has a very strong tech in schools, in their school systems. Yeah. I believe they, the kids have had laptops for a couple of years. When you mm-hmm. move to Brooklyn, when you move to Atlanta, right. to Harlem, um, in urban areas where the kids most need this technology, where their parents are not um, college grads or are not active, mm-hmm. college grads who do not actively use technology, that's when you see the problem. Yeah. yeah, and and that that br- bridge where those who have graduated our gra- our MBAs and and those people who have left college who mm-hmm. are not leaving their communities that's where the huge divide. Gotcha. Is, yeah, you know, and and so 
we have to find a way. And I know Urban um, Tech Fair is working on that. I know Cap from another group I work with, um, they're trying to work with that. But the challenge is getting everyone to speak and to say, you know, let's get this together. Here's a database of all the qualified STEM educators. Here's the funding. And, and, you know, and so if you have the need, we can hook you up with the funding and, and, and the um, qualified technology and the companies doing the sponsoring. That essentially is, is very much missing. That yeah. component, I work mm-hmm. also on an international level with blacks around the globe who are local designers and artists. And one of the things I'm trying to do this year is create a system whereby we can take what we learn and help others develop that, you know. So for me, one of the things is, and we usually will continue this, okay, um, mm-hmm. and and we will find it. And I'm seeing an, uh, <laughs> the wonders of technology. Kat Kabbalah is speaking of us that ask anyone who wants to know, the African Scientific Institute, founded in 1967 by Lee. If you're interested, contact me and I'll give you that information. They are a database of scientists, black scientists, mm-hmm. willing to work in STEM programs and willing to work within the community. And that's what we need to do, connect all the dots. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know, because I think we all have parts of the, the situation enough taking the choice to start speaking up. I go into the groups and speak out, but I never speak up when I see things that are happening. And I think after this conversation, if we're talking tech and tech groups and not in the groups where real people need the information, we're part of the problem. Absolutely. Um, Ladies, uh, I just wanted to share, we have many, many callers on the line. Oh, so, wow. Uh, yeah. And now, if anyone, if you want to speak, just press the number one, and then I'll know to come to you. But first, we're going to start with the caller from the 310. Did you want to speak? The caller from the yes, 310? Is, yeah, this is, yeah, this is Tonya. This is Tonya McDonald with GBI Hi, in Los Angeles. Hi, how are you? How are you? Uh, I'm doing Hi, excellent. Hi, who is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is Tyro Queen. Tyro you know, I'm I'm listening to all of you guys and I'm very, very excited. And the reason that I am is because I'm not an engineer, I'm not a technologist, I'm a futurist. And all the things that you are talking about, I actually took a managing uh uh uh, technology, uh, nanotechnology essential, essentials class in 2006 at Loyola Marymount University when they were first opening up their first nanotechnology center. And so to hear black folks be talking about that and then to talk about these drones, well, when we had our incubator in downtown Los Angeles um, uh, at Six and Spring, you know, it was multimedia entertainment and technology, uh, you know, the the, uh, the companies, and this was in 2001, and the companies that were there were working with our government and with security agencies, and they were the ones creating these little robotics that could fly all over everywhere, but the drones mm-hmm. are much larger. What they were creating was a lot smaller. 
But um, very aware of all of this, and the reason I wanted to get on is because, Jackie, please, um, we're doing our project out here in Los Angeles, and everything that you guys are talking about, um, I want you to talk about at a conference, workshop, or whatever we put together out here in Los Angeles, and we will be doing that shortly. I'm not going to say a whole lot because I don't want to, you know, take up any time. But um, as soon as... uh, Jackie, as, you know, we're done, I would love to get some of the ladies' information so that I can keep them apprised of what we are doing for the Los Angeles community, for our veterans and our underserved youth. And and we're also talking about STEM, and I want to throw this in, because we're working with veterans, especially the young black veterans who are out of the military and understand engineering, IT, and technology. And one of them that we're working with right now was a compliance officer with the military. Mm-hmm. So he knows about all the kinds of contracts that are available. Now, I'm not an engineer, but I've always worked with engineers. I was I worked for an electrical manufacturing engineering company when I was young. So mm-hmm. um, I know a lot about engineering. I'm just not one. And I'm not a technologist, but I know a lot about technology because I try to stay up on it. I'm not one that knows how to use it because I'm a senior, senior citizen. But I'm uh, I'm really excited about what you guys are talking about. And, um, uh, and I do understand, oh, the guy that's a compliance officer, we're talking about creating uh, hubs for robotics, for nanotechnology, but with yeah. real engineers who can get those contracts because he knows how to do that. So I'm definitely looking for to work with and connect with folks so that we can create our own infrastructure, our own corporations that maybe, you know, each one of us own a little piece of because we have um, a, a business that can fit within that. Very similar to SAIC, if you guys are familiar with uh, it's a it's a it's a huge company with 660 companies underneath, but each company is owned by, you know, it's an engineering firm. They, you know, do all kinds of stuff, but I'll talk about that later. Ladies, this was a great conversation. I'm so impressed with all these beautiful, smart black women. Thank you. I'm impressed with you. That's what, listen, look, no, really, she sounds like we're related because she's like a tech socialite. She didn't know it, but seriously, that's what we need in the tech space. We need people that sound like that to come forward with that excitement and that energy about technology to the general public because they don't see that. They see, and I didn't mean, I wasn't calling you a nerd earlier, Lorena. I was saying that we literally have this image in our head that this is a negative thing when engineers and nerds build the world. Y'all are the coolest people on the face of the planet. (laughs) People people need to know that. This is exciting. And we live in this time frame when everything that was in the Jetsons is coming to life. We see that now. You know, it's now. The future is now. Ladies, ladies, um, I believe we have some more callers. Do we have any more, Jackie? Yeah, we have another caller. Hold on. Okay, this is another caller from the 310 to 310713. Yes, greetings. 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 Good. Yes, this is uh, Brother Kabila from Los Angeles. Um, greetings, Jackie and uh, Hi, Bonnie. Sir. Great. Hi, um, <clears throat> I am. Uh, I just got out of the hospital, and I, 
just uh, saw the note that Bonnie left about the show. I came in late, but I was so glad to uh, be able to come on. Um, this is a very strong uh, conversation that um, you ladies are having. And I just want to just say a word um, of encouragement because I, I had written a paper about <clears throat> eight or nine years ago and talked about the need for, because I've been in the movement for like 45 years now, 47 years actually. And, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, you know, it was the political and uh, the political operatives who ruled, you know, Huey Newton, Karanga, and Bobby Seale, Stokely Carmichael, and that group. You know, they were politically oriented. They were involved in community organizing and whatnot. But um, the paper that I wrote, I talked about the need now is for more scientific-minded, technology-oriented uh, people to take on leadership roles in our community building process because, as the speaker had mentioned earlier, I don't know which one of you uh, actually said it, but you are people who are used to solving problems. Solving problems on an everyday basis is a part of your job. These are the kinds of um, experience and knowledge that we need um, to uh, help to build our communities, this nation-building process that we are involved in, not only here, but in Africa, the Caribbean, and other parts of the Pan-African community, um, need uh, this community to really step up and step out and take on more of a leadership role. And I just wanted to encourage that um, uh, position that was taken earlier. Uh, but I really applaud you for having this program, and I hope you continue to have more programs like this. And uh, I'm just glad to be here to be able to be a part of it. That's Alrighty. exciting. Thank I'm you. I'm excited that you said that. Jackie, yeah. you know, I don't know if we remember having this conversation about the $10 billion project in Ghana. We have to pay attention to what's going on in Ghana in technology because they're having a huge impact around the world, but they don't, for some reason, bring that information over here. I'll, I'll wink when I say that. But if you understand <laughs> that a $10 billion project is going on to build Ghana into this technology space, that would make Ghana like the epicenter for technology for the world. And the entire world is putting technology in going, here. It's also going on in Senegal and in Nigeria. Yeah. And, and and I know in the Caribbean, they're also Jamaica and Trinidad have very active tech hubs. They're, they may yeah. not have access as many of the Africans do, but I know that Jamaica has its own tech conference, and I know that there are startup uh, weekends and things in Trinidad. So this is global, but a lot of the information that they're getting comes from our community. And so we have a responsibility to ensure that we're actually spreading the correct information, especially in this technology age. And um, that's, that's excellent and great. Um, and I just want to say, everyone, because I'm going to let you close out, Bonnie, um, but, I, you know, this is just a, such a dynamic you know, conversation, which we couldn't, you can't help but have such a great conversation with such great women. And it just always feels so good to just showcase how awesome we are. And it's just all over. So to 
couple things. First, I want to say just make sure if you're listening, if you're part of this, that you share this with someone. Share them with someone else. We have to start dispelling myths, you know. Um, secondly, our, one of my goals, um, and this goes to Kumbala, one of my goals with the Master Grio Project was to use spoken word, the modern spoken word artists, to help develop mindsets that were cre- were thinkers, creative thinkers. Like we can't tell people what to do in the future and all, but what we can do is teach our young people how to think. And, you know, they are so, you know, we're all bombarded by, you know, arts and different things. We need to make sure that we give access, and that's part of our art and tech, the art and tech part of urban tech fair is to create avenues of direct access to quality art, art that's going to feed and stimulate the mind as opposed to what mainstream provides for us because we have to raise creative thinkers and, you know, I never thought about it, but maybe that's why I was so good at computer programming because I was good at math. You know, to me, you know, life without math just doesn't make sense. But programming does teach you how to take a problem and you break it down and you and you figure out a way to solve it. And these are, and we want to raise this. So from through the arts, through, you know, all type of exposures and, and when you're, you know, even start to challenge your own mindset. Are you just giving information or are you giving an avenue to create, to develop, to think? Because what exists now for us, that didn't exist. A lot of it didn't exist 30, 40 years ago. So, and then what our young people are encountering now, we can't necessarily always give them the tools to manage it because they're more advanced than we are. But we can teach them how to think you know, and how to be problem solvers. And then Jackie, just my, yes. Yeah. Before you close us, can you give a contact email uh, web page that anyone who has information on programs, et cetera, can contact you, speak to you. If anyone has any other information on this topic um, or any other topic related to technology within our community and the mission of Urban Tech here, and all of us here, that they can contact you and leave that information, and then I'll follow up with the other lady. Okay. Well, the Urban Tech Fair, it is a movement founded by Jim Newsom to um, really bring technology to the people. And while we plan nationally, it manifests locally on a local level, and it, the objective is to take community stakeholders from every part of the community to come together. And what our main goal is to showcase what's already existing in our community and show the value of collaboration. And the digital drummer is just one example of a collaboration that we've done. We've all we. Bonnie, Cairo, and I have never met in person, but we have all connected. We work together. We common goals. We support one another, and this has all been through the Internet. And what we want to show is a lot of times you live in a neighborhood, you may not know that the rocket science lives right up the street from you or two miles, three miles over until he comes out through the program like EduServe, come out, you'll realize that those people may actually live in your neighborhood. So we have everything we need. 
the, our biggest issue has always been being aware of it. So the Urban Tech Fair, in a sense, act as a marketing tool for technology and to connect the, the techie with the everyday person, ages 12 to 55 on all levels. And our theme is it's a family affair. Technology isn't for the young people. A lot of people think, well, it's just the young people or it's just the techie. It's a family affair, and the family includes everyone. So it's all of our jobs. So that is the main purpose of the Urban Tech Fair, and you can visit us at www.urbantechfair.org. Click on Join. to. That's where you can stay in a loop. You can sign up for our email list. You can send information to info at urbantechfair.org. And let if it's a resource, just mark resource, whatever type of information it is, and we are building, that's one of our goals is to build up a database. Also, we can go to urbantechfair.org. You can reach out to us on various social media platforms. Um, our Facebook group is just a dynamic place to meet a lot of dynamic people doing dynamic things, and you can break off to other groups. I want, um, is everyone speaking, including you? Uh, yes, he's still on. I, I need you to talk about your different groups, your technology groups. It's just amazing just we as a people, how dynamic and amazing we are. And I just feel that's one of my goals in life is just to connect us. So, so okay, so I'm thank done. you very much. We will, uh, Cairo and Levin, and I believe you were speaking about that. So, Cairo, if you will give us a brief <laughs> close-up of where we can find you and some information, and then Levin, and then we'll bring in Cap to speak a little, and then I'll close up. Kyra? And you know I don't mind people telling me to shut up because I like to talk. Okay. <laughs> Listen, if you want to contact me, you can contact me several ways. I have a website, uh, techsocialite.info. Um, then you can email me at kyroqueen at gmail.com or you can contact me via the cybersecurity network, Cairo Queen at showlove, that's S-H-O-L-O-V-E.com. Um, Cairo Queen is spelled like Cairo in Egypt, C-A-I-R-O-Q-W-E-E-N. Remember, it's Q-W, not a U, Q-W-E-E-N. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Anywhere you can find me, I'm on that platform. So it, you can Twitter me, anything, I'll get the message. So if you want to reach out to me, please do that. You can also call me, 707-500-0198. That's 707-500-0198. Um, everything I'm a part of, 100 black men uh, of Atlanta have 100 Scholars Robotics Alliance, which is a platform that's under U.S. First Robotics. Uh, of course, I have the show on Tuesday, Cairo Queen's Taste of Technology, with co-host Juarez Jackson on WXRP Radio. Um, I do different video clips all the time of different events that I go to on different networks, like the Lounge Network um, um, on Urban Tech Fair, uh, <laughs> all sorts of different places. So I'm a, I'm try to be in multiple places because. There's no one place that's really concentrating on this information for everyday people, so I just try to insert myself as many places as possible. So if you want to contact me and have me come on your platform, I'll do that too. Thank you, Jackie, and to Bonnie, and to 
my favorite digital drummer, the Honorable Jim Newsom. Thank you so much for having me on again. And Thank you, you very much. <laughs> Laverne, uh, this is my first time meeting you. It was a pleasure. Can you get, oh. tell us a little more about yourself? Yes, um, I can be reached. The uh, easiest place to reach me is via LinkedIn because that's where I, my uh, profile is. Um, I'm just now getting engaged in a lot of other different technology um, groups, and I have had such a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me on today. I really appreciate um, getting connected with people of like minds. I think that it's so important that we do stay connected and that we encourage each other. Um, I like so much our discussion about how to get young women engaged and 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 just sharing technology and getting everything getting others out there um, aware of what they can do and what we're doing and how technology applies to all aspects of life and thank you again thank you um jackie is cap was it cap you were speaking about jackie yes yes uh-huh were you speaking about Cap earlier when he said he's still on? Yes, I was speaking about him. I wanted him to talk about the okay, Engine so, Science and Technology Group. So will you introduce him and um, let him? Well, Cap, can you, can you share about the Engine Tech, um, the, in, the, the STEM group? <laughs> yeah, African Scientific Institute. Yes. Yeah, the group you have, and yeah, the group you have on Facebook because that's just a great place to go for some great information. Oh yes, yes, okay, yes. Um, <clears throat> I am I am chair of the uh, Congress of African People, which actually started out um, as a um, online network. Um, we have probably over eighteen thousand people uh, globally um, connected with us. Um, and uh, um, I've asked uh, Bonnie to actually be um, our consultant for two of our groups, the fashion group, fashion and uh, design, and also um, natural hair. Um, and uh, <clears throat> one of the groups that we have, we have actually about 60 groups on Facebook that we uh, moderate and manage. Um, and one of those groups, and I think this is probably one of the greatest STEM groups uh, online, uh, in addition to uh, to Jim's uh, group, and that is our um, CAP, and that's C-A-P, which is short, of course, that's the acronym for Congress of African People, and it's uh, science, uh, what is it, science, technology, engineering. Technology, engineering, and math. math. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. And so um we invite all if you if you type in if you just type in um on Facebook search um cap you will see all of our rooms and uh type in uh stem cap stem and uh our cap stem room should come up where a lot of information from um uh, from African uh and when I say African I'm talking about in the generic sense uh worldwide people are you know making contributions and showing the work that is being done and areas of interest that we um, uh, focus on, new technologies that are coming out. And so it's just a, a, a plethora of information um, that people can access. And um, and also, just uh, 30 more seconds, um, the uh, African Scientific Institute, which uh, Bonnie referred to earlier, mm-hmm. is a, a group that was formed in 1967 by uh, Lee Cherry, 
They remained yeah. underground for like 40, 40 years. Actually, Lee, Lee Cherry was actually in the original organization with Karenga and Bobby Seale. He renewed in all of them. And he was one of the younger ones in the group. Uh, but he was the only scientist. And so yeah. he formed the African Scientific Institute. And now they have, uh, they, have they only emerged about three years ago. They have uh, 15,000 members, 700 fellows who have distinguished themselves in their particular areas. And um, uh, and uh, they have, uh, this is very key, they have 674 patents between them that are now, mar- that are now marketable for um, uh, development around the world. Um, and I wish I could go in a little further in terms of explaining that, but that is very important for yeah. us to understand and appreciate the fact that we have that kind of uh, knowledge and experience in our, our community. And access. I mean, patents are extremely, you know, important in, in access, you know, as far as people being in access, and we're not. You know, we've created so much, but most of the time we don't even get recognition, no less payment for it. So this, um, you know. There is still so much. Patents, yeah. 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 Now, also, yeah. I just want to say about ASI, the African Scientific Institute, they're one of our partners at the Urban Tech Fair. So if you click, if you go to Urban Tech Fair, and I think you click on partners or whatever word we use for that, if you click on there, you'll see the logo, and then you can click on and go to the website. Yes, and the website here, is we w- have an interview on him, too. <laughs> go ahead. The, the website the, is www.asi- org.net. So one of the things that this has said is that there's a lot of information, and Urban Tech Fair has taken it upon themselves to create such a database that is available. When we speak of this database of patents, that's a, a complete show in itself because what that means is that we can further develop products, etc., based on these patents. Mm-hmm. And that is not happening because most of us don't know what we have access to across the board. The end of this month, many of the incubators and accelerators um, have their closing three-month program. Um, we just did uh, how to hack and do that, and then we also did. So go on Urban Tech Fair and listen to some of the recaps of the past programs. There's a lot of information out there. So yes. connecting the dots, first you've got to know what you have. You've got to know how to navigate the system, and then you've got to figure out as a community how what we need and how to build. And that is where why I work with all these people you see here. And and it's tough. I'm sure Cairo can, can attest to that. And Jackie, it's tough being part of so many, but if we don't, we'll all be repeating the same effort. I no longer speak on a lot of the technologies because Cairo is doing it. <laughs> so when she shares the link, I just share the link. I no longer have to do that much research and, and just inform people because now I can just do that. When Bonnie speaks on tech and education, that's the link I share. And mm-hmm. that is, is a major difference because usually I would have been – happen into every particular field. I don't know how CAPS does it all. 
because he really <coughs> does tap into all 60 areas. Yeah. <laughs> but that's and, you know, what's so... Need- um, well, I just wanted to share real quick. That's just what's so great about everyone on this platform, and especially about CAP. I remember we connected online how many years ago? That was Black Business Space, I think, with Lee Green. And then he came over and supported me at the Black Business Space Value Tour. I mean, this was years ago. But it's always one common goal, and the people that you see stick and stay and grow, um, they're willing to share and willing to support one another. And that's just a key thing. We have to share and we have to support one another. We can't just sit here, hear all this great information, and not click on a link because I didn't take super amount of notes, but I have everyone's link, and I'll put them in the Facebook and uh, Urban Tech Fair group. We have a chat there. Everything is accessible, and we need to... Um, just follow through. If you listen, take your time, stop here and there. But we need to support one another, follow through, share the info. I'm on on a closing note, go ahead. I could just say this about Bonnie. Um, I tell everybody, Bonnie is a is a master uh, fashion marketeer and technologist. Um, and and the reason we the reason um, we consider fashion so important and key is because all black women are into fashion. And and one of the things that we want to do is not just about the clothes or attire. It's about building an industry that we have some measure of control over. And Bonnie has that vision, plus she has the technical experience and the marketing experience uh, to do that. And that's why we, we tapped into her and why, you know, we depend on her so much to uh, work in that particular area. And thanks for just letting me say that. Thank you very much. One of the things we're doing on, on just that in general, all, because I've realized I've been asked by people in music, I've worked with people in dance, and we've been discussing the arts in general. I'm about to enter a testing phase in the Brooklyn area. Um, one of our businesses, and I have to thank Stratosphere Studios in Brooklyn, has he owns a building, and that makes a major difference. He owns his business space. He owns the building. And he has made the conscious choice to use that space to build his community. So I'm coming in to support him in those efforts, and we now will be able within the Crown Heights area of Brooklyn, a predominantly black urban area, to bring technology directly to the community. We did a conference there last September. And someone was invited in off the streets. That's how we work. So it is a gr- at great cost. And now next step is sponsorship, et cetera. And at the, after the program, he said to me, you know, when I was invited and I almost didn't step in because I did not think that something of quality could be in this area. But this has been the best conference in this industry and, in fact, in many industries that have ever attended. And that that very concept is what we're fighting. For me, as a female in tech, it is not the lack of ideas. It is not a lack of technology. It is not the, uh, even funding. What we're fighting is our belief in ourselves and in our communities. And so we're going to close this this evening with the promise that everyone shares the link 
everyone who listened, because that's the other problem. We don't share. We don't share the links. Everyone who shares, who is here listening, participating, let's go out and try, because I also realize they don't know how to share and leverage it. In a sense, most people don't click through the links. So that is another set of education we have to do. So let's close off by doing the things we can in the small doses, which is if you know somebody who can be part of this movement, who can interview for Cairo, reach out to Cairo and give us that information. If you know someone who can use the information, reach out and give it to them and encourage them. We're going to try to make this consistent. So all you have to say to someone is, you know, every Sunday at 9 o'clock, you can listen in and you will hear some stuff on our community. We've got to make it that consistent, but we cannot do that if it isn't supported, uh, which, which Urban Taxi hasn't done it. But we need to reach out because somebody has to pay these bills. If we want these things to exist, if you want the type of programming that builds your community, you've got to reach out. You, Cairo has a, a drive on. She has a fund. Go to her page. That needs to happen so that you can get what you need. You cannot sit down and cry, pour me one, if you don't step out and step forth and help. And with that, thank you for attending. Thank you so much, Jackie, for the opportunity. Um, thank you, Cairo, Laverne, and Cap, and the other callers. Um, please share this. Okay, Bonnie, just want to close out with www.bonniesandy.com. And when we talk about support, Bonnie gives classes, and she does so much in helping people. Sometimes she doesn't have as much time as she needs to market herself. She does courses, classes. They are so, so much worth, you know, they're so much less than what they're worth. So, if you know, anyone in the fashion industry, if you're in the fashion industry, if you're attempting to do business, you need to really work with Bonnie. I haven't even convinced someone. I got to convince someone to do a conference like in August and, and to have you out, Bonnie. <laughs> but um, it's just, these it, are it, the, it is a struggle, but you know mm-hmm. what it is? And I, this is just a, a, an anecdote as to how how hard it is, and it happens with everyone. Um, in... 2010, 2010-11, I was approached to do an incubator space in Brooklyn. And at that time, I always run a community project with designers. And um, the person wanted, they had the backing from, from some of the major, I can't, won't call their names, sponsors within the field to bring in machinery and technology into the community. And they, they had seen my work. It was not someone from the community, and they said to me, we love what you're doing. My website, my brother is a coder, so he had built a website. I've been streaming since 2006 online. And he said, we love what you're doing. We love the work. And we have the backing. We have the money. We want you to come and partner with us in an incubator. And I was excited because it would be right downtown in the heart of Brooklyn, what is now the tech hub. And said to me, um, but the problem is, We've seen your website. There are too many black faces. He said, I'm not being racist, but if we need to get the money, we've got to put the people they want to support, which is young white women, on your website. 
And I turned and I said, thank you, but no thank you. I got home to a call from those very designers who I was dealing with. Um, one of them said, uh, I've got to tell you what's going on. You're excellent. We love what you're doing. But many of the designers are afraid that if they publicly say they're associated with you, they're typecast, and they will not be supported. Until we learn our power and until we learn that we stand together, we can build. I have run business on the Upper East Side. The first month, no one walked in. After 10 months, I couldn't go home. So I'm not afraid. Uh, my blackness is not an offense to me, and if anybody takes offense to that, I don't do business. I have a multi-ethnic clientele. My partners who I work with are multi-ethnic because they will come into, they will walk into the heart of some of the most dangerous areas in Brooklyn. So we cannot be afraid of ourselves. And, you know, thank you. I forgot all about those. Not that I forgot, but the passion of sharing this information, those workshops, I, I was about to end them, but when I sit with people one-on-one, I realize they don't even know to use the Facebook page for their businesses. They, I literally, the difference is to show them how to press the buttons and to see someone now reach into six figures, to see someone who is self-sustaining their family building a business, and this is in St. Lucia where they now have seven other women running their own businesses, that's the impact that this pro- type of programming, the talks, the Facebook groups, the networking can do. So thank you, everyone, and bonniesand.com, do it with tech, uh, will lead you to the tech classes, but please contact me because I'm about to do a new cycle. Okay. And everyone, um, we'll be back in two weeks. Good night. Thank you all for attending. And thank Thank you all the callers on the line. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.